Pulp MX Network production. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Yo, back again for another episode of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. This week, show 414, Daniel Blair and Jake and Coke, Jake Weimer in studio. Lots of great guests on the phone. I'm Darkseid from the Moto X-Pod show, and I'm excited to get going on this one. But first, let's thank our sponsors real quick, and we'll get to our guests. Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. You know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulp MX Show, and now I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium-finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin Bicycle Tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, stay tuned for more info about a Pulp MX discount code on the Michelin Bicycle Tires. Also, follow at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram and check out bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. And also, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson, Jerry McGrath in the 90s, to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, JGR Suzuki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. Go to PulpMixShow.com, click on the sponsor links. There are discount codes and sponsor links to most of the uh, of the sponsors on the Pulp Mix show and the Pulp Mix wrap-up show. But yeah, go follow them on Instagram. We appreciate all their support. All right, let's get to our guests. First up, Guts Racing brings us from CooksyMedia.com. Chris Cooksy, what's up, dude? What's happening? Guts Racing. I'm stoked to be brought by Guts Racing. I ran into Andy Gregg this weekend. His voice was like he couldn't talk. He had to like sign language me. I heard about that. <laughs> yeah, after they partied, I guess, all night, huh? Dude, before you partied. Oh, really? I was like, are you time traveling? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also brought to us by Michelin Bicycle Tires from Michelin, the one and only, the great Randy Richardson. Oh, glad to be on this. Uh, glad to be on the wrap up show and and good to chat with you. Good to hope everything's well in your world, buddy. All good, my man. All good. Good, good. Well, uh, let's get right into show number four fourteen. Daniel Blair. And uh, one of the one of the guys is quickly becoming a favorite co-host, Mr. Jake Weimer, also known as Jake and Coke. Um, Cooksy, man, uh, I thought this was, a, as usual, a fantastic episode, but Jake had me uh, laughing out loud numerous times. What were your thoughts on the show as a whole? Man, I, I would give it, you know, usually ask to ask, you know, give it a letter grade. I'd give it a B minus. It was okay. It wasn't one of Jake's better performances. Okay. I really liked it. Jake's awesome. I love that he comes at it unfiltered, 
but he does this thing where he pauses. Oh yeah, so before he talks. I'm like, I'm almost adjusting, like, wait, did, did it cut out? Did something happen? Yeah, yeah. And it, it, yeah, kind of. So if he could tighten that up a little bit, money. But, dude, I, yeah, you got to like him. And, and Blair, he's money. Well, Steve uh, Steve mentioned show. Steve mentioned at the beginning of the show that people kind of had complained about that. But I was watching on Facebook, so I knew, you know, I could see it, sit and watch and see that he was about to answer. The, like, the gears were turning a little bit. So it didn't bother me as much. Uh, Randy, how about you, man? What did you think of the episode? I thought, it was, I thought it was good. I think the the personality mix of, of uh, both uh, Jake and Daniel Blair uh, complements the show. I think that that the the banter between Steve and those two is is epic at times. You know, they would they would jab jab at Jake for a little while, yep. and then uh, try to get some back at, at Daniel. And uh, I've been I've had the honor of being in studio with Daniel before, and uh, and he's just a great personality. Let's, um, let's think, not call uh, it an honor. I, let's let's ease that down just a little, no. Randy. Come on. Hey, hey. <laughs> Hey, it's an he's the host. He's the host of Supercross. That right? is true. Host. That is true. And, uh, and and I think I think if we could get if we could get uh, Red Bull and vodka Randy in there with Jake and Coke, <laughs> I think that's uh, that, that's going to be on Steve's dime. I'm not flying out there on Michelin's dime. That's going to be on Steve's dime. But I think the fans would love to hear that. Yeah. And, uh, but all in all, I, all in all, I think it's good. And I think uh, Cooksey, you touched on a cool point in that uh, when you listen to the audio, the the, the pause might be a little bit indifferent and you think well, wait a minute did, I, did the podcast pause or what but when you can see the video which i think steve has taken the show to a whole new element uh with the video and everything and from a sponsor i think it's great you can actually uh not only feel and hear but you can also see uh what's going on and it adds a new element to a new sense and uh, I, I think it's a great uh, next step for the show yeah absolutely all right, so obviously this show was very heavily uh, had a lot of San Diego content with the race being this weekend. Um, the guys, you know, Jake thought it was a phenomenal race. Steve thought it was a fantastic race. Uh, I think that was a pretty much the general consensus. But the big uh, topic, really, or the big part of the race that was made a difference, I think, for everybody was the whoops. So there was so much talk about that. Uh, Jake Weimer talked about the physical and mental factors of the of riding two sets of whoops like that. Uh, you know, the difference in jumping and skimming, which I don't know that a lot of the average fans really maybe, you know, put together, Cooksey, but I thought the way Jake broke that down and the discussions of that whole topic really kind of made, allowed people to see the race maybe in a different light, you know? Yeah, he did a really good job of breaking it down, but can, can I tell a San Diego story or, or are we sure, allowed to talk about uh, stuff? Man, you're, you're media, um, so I think you're allowed to put, have your input. So yeah, let's do it. So, Randy, dark side, I'm in the media box all day long, and all Steve's gone. Where the hell did he go? This is the heat races. Oh, geez. His, his, his girl came down on one of those scooters they rent. It yeah. wouldn't shut off. They get to a certain close to the stadium, they won't turn off. Dark side's riding it around, running the battery down, and, oh, man, he comes in and he's like, man, I cannot believe we're paying for a scooter out there. I missed the heat races. I wasn't going to tell anybody that. I didn't want to tell anybody that. I literally... Oh, God, I'm going to get so <laughs> blasted for this. I literally didn't see a single thing until the LCQs. And I was like, okay, dude, I'm here because this is like my quote unquote job. And I need yeah. to be covering this and I'm not watching it. And I'm trying to not come unglued on Amber because it really wasn't her. Well, <laughs> she was supposed to be there a lot earlier than she was, but traffic, parking, et cetera, et cetera. She rides a scooter up to the stadium, and the, the stadium is a no-parking zone. But if you go across the street, they're supposed to be fine. All There's hundreds of scooters across the street. 
Hers will not shut off. And I'm like, you don't know what you're doing. Damn it. I'm coming down there. And she wasn't wrong. I literally rode it five blocks away. It would not shut off. The GPS of the thing said it was still at the stadium when I was five blocks away. And I'm just like, I, I don't know what to do. I came back. Amber's like, just go upstairs. Don't worry about it. Which, of course, I'm stressing out. And finally, I just went back upstairs. And she came up about 10 minutes later and said, yep, just shut off by itself. I don't know. I was livid. So I have so many things running through my mind. Let's do it. First and foremost... If, if you were Jason Wygant, you would probably use your ponytail and hang yourself if you were spending money that for something that you, that you couldn't use, right? Yes. And then, and then secondly, secondly, if I were you, I'd be like my, my buddy Travis Pastrana. I would jump that thing right off in the bay and call, and call it a day. Just that might have worked. Right? Yeah, that might have worked, actually. It was, I was just like, okay, uh, I wanted to like you know go off on Amber, but I was like, no, I'm not going to ruin it. If this is the worst thing that happens all weekend, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but yeah, it was. It was thanks, Cooksey. I, I appreciate you blowing me out like that. <laughs> hey, I don't know. If you, I don't know. If you, I, I, I told him. I told, that's a little bit. Of, that a little bit. That's a little bit of what Cooksey Media is all about. Yeah, in case it is. you didn't know that. <laughs> Randy, I looked at him. I go, Why don't you just leave it there and just dispute it on your card? Oh man, like this look of well, disbelief, like. I should have done that. <laughs> yeah, and you can't call you can't call the company. There's like no way. Anyway, we need to get off this. All right, because Steve's gonna. This has nothing to do with pulp. Let's talk okay, about stop. the <laughs> the whoops and Cooper Webb. Um, you know, Daniel, talking about the whoops, Randy. Uh, the serious, you know, how serious of a, you know, what the difference they made in this race. And uh, Daniel Blair talked about, you know, he he made the comment like our guys like Kenny and Eli, Jason Anderson out in the woods, secretly learning to jump whoops and make a difference. Uh, it, it really was a big impact on the race, and I felt like the way they broke that down and discussed it was was pretty interesting. Uh, for, for me, I thought that was awesome. I love the, uh, the the Shooter McGavern uh, reference <laughs> yes. when, he's out, when he's out in the woods trying to yeah. like, learn the running hockey swing. Right. That that that's just shows to the personality of Daniel Blair. And um, yeah, I think it was an excellent point. And 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 I think that it shows that riders who have the uh, you know main event or championship mindset in that they are. Um, to the point of uh, what AC said about Cooper Webb, he saw him jump through the whoops on the parade lap. So mm-hmm. he knew that the track's going to be that way, and that just shows uh, maturity and experience and a veteran move to go ahead and move towards what the track is going to become. And uh, I think it's interesting. It's, it's a different uh, a different theory for the riders to find the line to skim them or find a way to jump through them more efficiently and effectively. And I think it just shows a difference the way the riders work to their strengths to perform at their peak level. And I think it's awesome. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, Cooper Webb, Webb obviously winning this weekend. Um, I like Jake's opinion. A, a lot of this, what he said about him, he's just one guy I wouldn't want to be behind is Cooper. He's like a gladiator. Uh, the more he's bleeding, the better the better he does, uh, you know. And I feel like that—that's <laughs> a good point. What he says, and I think that really says a lot for what Cooper may do in the coming weeks. Uh, Cooksey, uh, I think that's a pretty pretty common opinion of Cooper. You know, when when things are stacked against him, he's he's a beast. Yeah, hearing Jake say that, I mean, that's that's from a guy who's felt other people do that to him. Where it's almost like as the other guys start to worry he just like takes their power like a video game and just he just feeds off of that as soon as he realizes he has them on the ropes he's just a, he's just a finisher i mean he he thrives off that and it's almost like he needs that to be really good 
Yeah, yeah, he definitely. I, I can see that. There's he kind of needs some kind of motivation, and then once he gets that fire lit, he's he's on. It's going to be. I can't wait for the next couple of weeks. Um, also, you know, a couple of the major things that happened this week with the way the tracks seem to be tightening up. We get we've gotten a lot of aggressive aggressive riding recently. Uh, and it's made some contact. And, of course, we have the uh, press day issue between Barsha and Marty. That was a hot topic. The the race time, the main event stuff between Barsha and Eli, that was a hot topic. Let's go over some of that. Cooksey, you were there. Um, you uh, you know, the Barsha-Eli stuff, Steve thought it was all, you know, pretty legit passing, clean passing. Daniel loves the, the aggressive riding. Uh, you know, a lot of discussion of – you know, who, who's mad and Barca probably just thinking, oh, it was a great race and Eli being mad. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Cooksey? What, their, their topic, their ideas of the passes uh, being clean or not? Because I felt like it all started, and I even texted the guys, that it started with Eli really running in on Barsha right before the finish line where they both had to roll it. So I kind of felt like maybe they missed that part of it, Steve and Daniel. They, they absolutely missed that part of it and I'm 100% with Steve, and I don't know what JT was watching, but if you watch that race, Barsha was right in front of those two. They were all going through the pack together. It yeah. wasn't like he was a moving object. I mean, he was barely slower than Eli, and it, I mean, he planned on beating Eli, and, and Eli kind of started that. He went in there and just like got aggressive with him, and yep, yeah. What do you you do that to Barsha? You, you expect him expect him to back down? I don't think so. Hey, I mean, like Jake said, it's going to go bad once he gets aggressive with Barsha. Well, yeah, and if you're so concerned about getting side-by-side side with a guy, well, maybe just stay behind Barsha because he was going forward. <laughs> right. Randy, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on it? Because even the Adam Intonap, seven tw- the Seven Deuce Deuce called in, he was kind of mad about or disagreed with JT's opinion. Uh, you know, it, he was frustrated. He thinks that Barsha was just trying to frus- frustrate Eli, which I don't agree with. I think they... He was frustrated with Eli. No, I, I, I don't. Uh, I don't know what Barsha uh, was thinking or not thinking, uh, <laughs> but I can assure you, he, I don't think he was thinking about uh, shaking Eli and rattling his cage and what have you. Uh, I think, I think uh, Barsha's sometimes his most offensive way of riding is a, is a great defense, and he's he's blocking and trying to move forward. So. Um, it, it was interesting. I, you know, I like seeing that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the Bradshaw, Bradshaw and Matasevich battles from back in the day. Um, so I love seeing it. And uh, you know, as a fan, because I don't have a horse in any of the races, so uh, I, I enjoy watching it. Yeah, the crowd was going crazy. They were loving it. I mean, and it made it made it exciting for sure. But I definitely, I think JT did make a good point though that they are better suited going forward. But I mean, Cooksey, you you know you raced, uh, you know Randy, you raced. It's it's not always easy when you got a guy sitting there kind of teeing you up or you're battling. Sometimes you lose track of that that goal of going forward and like, okay, I got to deal with this dude right now. That's all you know. And they get focused on that. But I think I, I think JT, JT made a good point, Cooksey. But uh, you know, just in the moment, it's not what was really going on. I don't think he made a good point. Okay, <laughs> I love JT, but I think he was wrong on that one, and he's thinking. He's thinking a different mentality. He's yeah. thinking Barsha last year versus Barsha this year. He's it's the guy's third in points at that point. You know he, yeah. I, I JT knows his racing, but he was just a little bit off on that one. Um, Randy, I got something to ask you. So now you raced back in the nineties when it was T Bone and yeah. it was you know, <laughs> yeah. forced by the riders. Nobody did penalties. 
but the speeds are much higher. And some of those 90 or 45 degree turns, it can get a little bit dangerous. So I'm kind of torn on it. What do you think about that? Like, is this something where the enemy needs to step in or do they leave it alone and let it self-enforce? What do they do? I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Frontier Justice. I really, really am. Uh, There are racers that I raced locally. Uh, I won't name them by name, but Western Power Sports Southeast Regional Manager Jim Chester. Um, (laughs) There's certain people that that you knew, you know what I mean? You knew they would would take you out for another $25 of of contingency back in the day, right? And and you knew there were other people you could race that that were clean and what have you. So I think it it polices itself. Um, The... At the same time, the sport itself is inherently dangerous, um, but I think they're checking balances and everyone's keeping tabs of who they owe and what they don't. Um, I don't think it can be just the true Wild West, but I think uh, it'll police itself, you know. And but at the same time, the speeds are incredibly faster. You know, I, I, I Vegas last year watching the Supercross final and standing up there in the WPS suite with Damon Bradshaw, and I said. You know, Damon, are you blown away by the the speeds of, of of today's racing? He said, "Oh yeah, it blows my mind." And I said, "No offense to you and McGrath and everyone else, but when I watch the video from the early '90s, I don't understand why I didn't win main event. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? it looks, yeah, yeah. It looks so incredibly, incredibly slow. So anyway, sorry to get us off track. No, and, and Steve may reprimand us for that. But, yeah. Um, well, but yeah, I think I think I think they have to police stuff. But here's what I'm here's what I'm not a fan of. Um, I think that coming into a racing season, there should be a reference of whether it's at a riders meeting or whatever. They should reference here are some things that happened last year that we will not tolerate this year. Here here here's your measuring stick of what we will not tolerate. This is acceptable. This is not. Just just as a reminder. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, rather, rather than rather than start the new year with everyone's got a clean slate, whether you have a reputation of being a dirty rider or not, everyone's got a clean slate, and then they start handing out, um, you know, um, warnings and and your own probation. Right. Mm-hmm. Everyone should go into it knowing what what what's reasonable. Wow, there I go with common sense again. Common <laughs> sense and a positive attitude. Sometimes that's all I have. But <laughs> anyway, but okay, so. Something Steve said on the show that kind of he, he says this guy's not going to remember a year later. Racers do remember. That's true. <laughs> well, let's. I mean, let, that that and, that kind of goes right into the whole Marty Barsha thing on press day, right? Marty's saying what he's he's pissed off about something that happened a couple weeks ago. I don't even think it was last weekend. I think he told me, if I'm not mistaken, it was a couple weeks ago, and he's not letting it go, and that created for a hell of a lot of drama with Barsha on press day. Yeah, it's funny how the mind works when you're out there in slow motion. I took out a guy because he took out my brother eight months <laughs> earlier at a race I wasn't even at. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just clicks, and you just, it's there. Yeah. You know, it, it happens. Well, you know, Jay. Tyler Bowers, I guarantee he's got like a running tally. Like, who yeah. he owes and who he doesn't. Probably like a little notebook with the ch- with the checklist. Uh yeah, Jake. Jake said, you know, he's been kind of a, a victim of some of Barsha's "quote unquote" skills um, that he supposedly learned from Dino somehow. Uh, that's that was interesting. Um, but what they didn't, what they didn't touch on, and maybe I don't, I can't imagine they didn't hear about this was, and I was there. Uh, Marty literally told Barsha. I will break your effing leg. I'm going to get you back. There's still, I think he kept saying there's 12 races left, but there was like 11 or 13 races left is what he kept saying. But he's, I will get you back. 
Um, you know, and they never really touched on that. I, I can't imagine they didn't hear about it, but like that, if, if that happens, if anything does happen, like to me, Marty's completely on the hook now because he openly said it in front of all the officials, all the media, uh, you know, little surprise that that didn't get touched on Monday night. Uh, Randy. Yeah. I, I, I hadn't heard all that. So, uh, so yeah, he, he, in today's world, you got to be careful. Uh, what you say and what threatens you make. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe next round, uh, like Canada, maybe next round uh, they'll give Marty a, a privateer sword award <laughs> like they gave Philby Phil, you know? And uh, he'll, he'll give him a sword in honor of his threats. But, yeah, and um, if, he, and, if he does, you know, come through with it, then he'll have to go play bingo or, you know, host bingo. <laughs> exactly. Uh, hey, was Paul Bingham uh, reprimanded for the death threat a couple weeks ago with you? Say that again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 there were no threats made against me. It was against people in general who who, who said Pookie was, was uh, not attractive or what oh, have you. Oh, so yes. That was people in general. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't she wearing the mask? Like, <laughs> yeah, she had the mask on, but she, she, was, she was in no way threatening me. She was threatening the people who had made... Yeah, somebody uh, on YouTube had said she was ugly. Parents. Yeah, somebody on YouTube had said she was ugly, and Pookie said, I will kill you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, that's, yeah, that's sorry, sorry. No, that's fine, Cooksey. And even in the post-race <laughs> stuff with Steve, uh, Davolo said, you know, I'll come out after a race and beat you up. I'll come out, you know, after the, the race and beat you up. So he's not backing down from this, Cooksey. No, and I'll tell you, when Barsha's out on a bike ride, I guess they live in the same neighborhood. <laughs> Marty may accidentally run him down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be very careful. yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to, to watch in the coming weeks how that all plays out. Um, all right, let's 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 talk about uh, some of the guests real quick, and then we're, I'm going to do a sponsor read again. But three great or four great guests. We had RJ Hampshire, Aaron Plessinger, Ryan Villapoto, and Stank Dog. A um, couple things on all of them, you know, we'll talk about. Uh, with uh, RJ moving over to Alden, he kind of mirrored Randy what Cooper Webb said in the past that you know he thought he trained hard and then he gets to Alden's and it's like a whole different world. He said he, for two and a half weeks he wasn't even close to the other guys. Uh, I think that's a real eye opening, should be real eye opening to us about how the Alden program is really different than some of these guys are used to. Yeah, I, I, I think it was insightful, and I, and I think that what, what Alden does is not only hard work, but very smart work and mm-hmm. very uh, methodical work. Um, when he when he pointed out how that he was pedaling behind, uh, if I'm correct, pedaling behind Zach at, and at the top of the hill, and Zach motioned him by, it was his turn to lead, his turn to pull for a while, and he's like, I, I don't have anything, right? <laughs> right. So um, I, I think that, one, uh, while that may be uh, – mentally demoralizing that wow I, I i i thought i was in shape and and wow this is this is the challenge i have ahead of me but at the same time i think it could be mentally encouraging to know you know what i i look at the proven track record of of what the, the baker's factory and what alden has done i look at the success of those who have gone through this program um, look at Cooper Webb, look at Dungey, look at different ones, right? Uh, what Zach Osborne has achieved there. Yeah. And go, I, this is painful. This sucks. But if I just do this, I'm, I am checking a very important and a very performance proven box. So I think it's a, I think you can draw mental strength from just surviving each day there. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just interesting. Cause you, I, to me, you know, I think all these guys, 
probably at this point in their career, they've done enough training. They know what they do and what they need to do. But then you always there is a method to the madness of Alden, and probably a reason his riders have won so many championships. You know, they are some of the best riders in the group, but he's doing something right. Uh, Cooksey, what do you think about the sticker deal that was announced? Well, RJ might want to take some of that money from the sticker deal and put it towards his $30,000 supplement bill that they charge for the protein shakes at Alden's place. Ah, Just saying. Okay. Now, I don't know how much protein costs, but that's a little suspicious to me. I don't know. I have never I haven't <laughs> heard about this. Yes, that's and they all lose weight. I'm just saying, okay, that's a lot of money for pro. So um, I love it. The sticker, the sticker deal, genius. Steve is brilliant with that thing. He gets so much publicity. He gets more than rock star with that with the sticker on the helmet. <laughs> it's great. I, I love brilliant. it. Yeah. How about uh, all right, Cooksey, Aaron Plessinger, um, being pretty open and honest about it. We've seen it, but he, he admitted to the struggles of moving to the 450, and and really saying basically, I have to prove to myself that I can do this, um, which I think we we hear sometimes from some riders. But I I always say I love the honesty that we get out of Mathis, and I think there's just something that he has, like a Howard Stern, where people feel comfortable, and you know, a guy like Aaron. You know, most he's a pretty open guy, but just the honesty that we get on these interviews is is just what I like about it. I don't think Aaron's ever not been wide open. I mean, yeah. this guy he he always does. He's 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 just a good interview, and it's it's weird hearing him talk about how you know he he knows he can do it, but then you almost have to like have to believe in it so much so that you could pass a lie detector. Like if you ask some of those guys, oh yeah, I think I can run up front. But do you believe, and do you feel like you should be up there? Yeah, and that's and it's a big difference. And and that was pretty cool seeing him run up there. And he goes, "Wait, yeah, I can't," you know. So right, uh, Randy. Also during Aaron's uh, interview, we we got the uh, the Jake and Aaron Plessinger story. Uh, what fly rod? <laughs> I can't even really do it justice. <laughs> but uh, being the funny guy that you are, um, what'd you think of the story, uh, the inside info, the, or the behind-the-scenes stuff? That's uh, That was really good. Just kind of getting a little perspective into them hanging out, what it's like with those guys. Yeah, I think it, I think it was cool, and I, I, I thought that story was entertaining. And, you know, when they first came on, I'm like, what, what, what are they talking about? Why yeah. is that so funny? So I'm glad that, that they shared that backstory of that and definitely seemed like a, a funny, you know, kind of a had-to-be-there moment to fully appreciate it. But – I think what it shows is, and I think, you know, the, the show itself does and these interviews, these live interviews, as opposed to um, printed media, uh, it shows the personality and the relationships that some of these writers have and, and the banter that they have back and forth. And to me, it just adds value to the sport in general in that it gives you an ability to relate to or connect to uh, a story or or something from the past or a rider's personality and enables you to become more of a fan of a rider or a group of riders uh, based on that. So I think it's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, Randy. Also, Ryan Villapoto, the great Ryan Villapoto. Um, you know, show 400, of course, fantastic show he was on. Calls in, talks a little bit, has great stories. Um, always entertaining, Randy. Absolutely. He's, he's, uh, you know, then obviously never had a chance to work with him and he came along after I was, or we Michelin were involved in, in supercross and motocross, but he was such a serious guy from, <laughs> from, yeah. uh, from a distance. And so his personality, I think is 
probably stronger than his desire to win and 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 his uh, determination. So I'm glad that he's showing that now, and I think all the sponsors associated with him are are benefiting from that. And uh, it's great that he's having fun and he's always uh, entertaining when he's on. I love it when he just calls Steve out, you know, yeah. on, on things. And uh, jab jabs or cut Steve off at the knees. I love it. So uh, <laughs> it adds, adds to the adds to the entertainment value of the show. For sure, when he's on. Cooksey, uh, another another fantastic story with uh, Jake and RV. Right, the pink eye story. Oh my! God. <laughs> <laughs> like Jake borrows goggles with pink eye and fails to mention this to RV or or fully clean them before returning. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, that's funny, and that's that's. that's what I really like about Jake is that he he's not afraid to make fun of himself. Yeah, just yeah. Drop some stuff. Out there. There's something that's pretty cool about that. Oh, absolutely. I it, I got you know. Look, man, a guy like Eli Tomac. It's not really a fun interview, but a guy like Jake or RV now or Adam Cincerillo, those are the interviews that we love. And Steve does a great job with it, uh, including Randy Stank Dog. Uh, Stank's is his own character. Um, not not afraid to make fun of himself either. Um, had a number of great quotes, but doing well right now, or you know, in the Kicker Arena Cross series. Um, what are your thoughts on Stank Dog? Have you ever met Stank Dog, Randy? I, I haven't. I haven't had a chance to meet him, but definitely an entertaining character. Uh, I think he has a lot of personality, charisma, and and uh, he he is definitely uh living life his way, which I admire <laughs> yes, that. He is. He's, he's a free spirit and that's cool. Um I enjoyed him talking about was it is it a dirt bike Mike? Yeah who it was was the the okay. The, the I know I actually know Dirt Bike Mike. You do? I okay, do. I, I was trying to think like who is that? I couldn't I couldn't place that but uh but yeah uh Stank Dog is always uh, adds value to it and uh, entertaining and it's cool knowing uh one of the things that was funny daniel blair talking about how many times he slapped him in the face with pizza you know (laughs) and uh, you know and and we've all done idiot things with our idiot friends and uh, and just to hear that i thought was was enlightening for sure yeah cooksey he only races for money because only animals go out for peanuts i race for money and that's it I love. He's the best, man. That's what's up. It's true. Right. Only circus monkeys go out and race for peanuts. <laughs> ah, strong move. That was that was awesome. That was very funny. And you know what? I'm glad to see Stink Dog kind of putting it back together. Yep, I me mean, too. He fell apart a couple weeks ago, and and I I thought that might be the end of Stink Dog, and see this rejuvenation. My uh, brother-in-law was up there for Cooksey Media covering that race. Oh, cool. Like, first thing he told me, Stink Dog is fast. I'm like, really? Wow. So, yeah, yeah I'm glad. I'm glad Stark's put it together again. Well, he, I can't wait to see what he does across. Yeah, me too. He said he's it's the best he's he's ever felt, and uh, he's always lifted, which I uh, I think might have been a reference to some extracurricular activities, but we don't really know. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, well, I was. <laughs> I don't gonna, think he even cares. No, no, no. <laughs> But hey, before we move on, uh, you guys, check out GutsRacing.com for any info on many of the products they offer, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam and the best seat covers on the market. And also, you guys know all about Michelin Motorcycle Tires from the Pulpomex Show. And now I'm excited to announce that Michelin Bicycle Tires are a proud sponsor of the Pulpomex Wrap-Up Show. So follow at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram and check out bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. Randy, anything uh, big going on in the Michelin bicycle tires world right now? Oh, yeah, yeah, a lot of things. Uh, had, uh, one of the things we're planning is uh, a 
press launch that's coming up end of March for our new range of DH or, or downhill tires. So working diligently on that. So I get to wear the bicycle hat a lot at work as well uh, in my responsibility. So yeah, that's a new, a new range of tires that's coming out. We, Sweet. We've developed through the years with, uh, with some top level downhill guys, Cam Zinc and, yeah. uh, different ones. But, um, but I wanted to uh, tie into the Pulp Mech, tie in one quick thing to the Pulp Mech show. I know one of the race tech rants was, uh, I think, or one of the things got dubbed as a race tech rant was when, uh, Brian Wilcox called in, and uh, a guy named Brian called in talking about weeds and the background noise. So yep. I definitely hope we we don't have any background noise tonight. Um, but Steve offered him a gift, of course, because he was he was making fun of someone other than Steve. So Steve <laughs> will always give you a gift. So if you if you want, if you want a gift from Pulp and Next, all you got to do is call in and make fun of someone else, and Steve will offer you something for yeah. sure. Um, but but Brian. He, yeah, he, he offered uh, he offered Brian something, and Brian said, "Well, you know, no, I don't have a bike. But I'm I'm really into mountain biking." So tying into the Pulpamex wrap up show, I'd like to offer Brian uh, a set of Michelin mountain bike tires for his bike, and uh, I'll I'll get his info from Steve and follow up with him. So uh, nice little tie in on there to, yeah. to cross reference the two shows, and well, and thanks for the opportunity to do that. So. And you gave some Starcross fives away, I believe, last week when you were on, didn't you? Yeah, I sure did. Someone who uh, had bought uh, his name slipping me right now, but uh, a 2006 RMZ yes, 450. Yes. So getting some tires shipped out to him. Steve was asking him why? Why did <laughs> you buy that bike? But uh, but I, I think and, and I think Cooksey would Cooksey would probably uh, echo this as well. The motorcycle industry in general, um, especially off road, we need more people riding. Whether you're restoring an older vintage bike or whether you you're getting back on on a bike that's five years, ten years old. Um, we'd like to have some people out there buying, uh, some, some parts and accessories and, and staying involved and staying active in the sport. So I wanted to support that guy and make his, uh, return to riding, uh, that much more enjoyable. Ah, uh, you're the man. Yeah, Cooksey, I can hear you in the background trying to say something. What, what you got? I just want to know if Randy on the mountain bike tires, how about that guy that Jake was talking about, that Clark Bernard guy, the downhill guy? <laughs> Clark Bernard. Yeah. Clark, yeah. Clark, Clark Bernard. Clark Bernard is, yeah. Clark Bernard. Is uh, uh, yeah, he's he's sponsored by the brand that sponsors Steve's uh, other platforms like the Motor City Show and so yeah. on. But yeah, yeah, Bernard Kerr, phenomenal <laughs> guy. I had a chance to meet him in in Canada uh, a while back, and uh, super cool dude. Uh, yeah, but I thought that was awesome, Clark Bernard. Yeah. was we're, awesome. And we're gonna bring him up in just a moment. We're gonna wrap this thing up with some kind of quick fire stuff over the other the random stuff that was talked about throughout the show. Um, including Jake, Jake Weimer, Cooksey not being able to get any goggles. And uh, I think he was dubbed Jake the Liar. Um, I, I have to guess that he didn't try very hard. There's no way. Randy knows this in the industry. I could call, I could call and get free goggles. Well, Randy I, could. I offered him free There's goggles. No I texted Steve immediately. I was like, uh, yeah, if he needs x I got him. Whoever he texts went, well, shit, he probably called me at the wrong time or texted me. It happens. Occasionally, yeah. someone might drop the ball, and I'm pretty sure if, there's no way Knowles would have dropped the ball. I don't, because I think Jake wore Scott, and there's no way. That's no who way. they, that's, that's who they said it was, you know, but he never had acknowledged that. But watching on Facebook, his, his expression was, uh, it just twitched a little bit. It kind of made me think that they were right when they said that. I, I don't remember who it was that said it was Knowles. It might have been JT. I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was interesting, though, because, you know, if he if he really, really wanted goggles, he could get goggles. He just I, – I got a feeling he didn't try very hard. Um, okay, uh, Randy, and, and, 
Steve? And, and right, right quick, my, right quick. My thoughts on that are Jake Weimer most definitely could get goggles from someone, right? And I see what you're saying that you text in to <laughs> Steve. Hey, I, I'll hook him up with X brand if he wants them, right? But <laughs> here's Steve's personality. Steve's not going to take that and say, okay, go- the goggle problem is solved. Steve's going to just keep going on and on and yes. on about about Jake not getting goggles, Jake not getting goggles. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so that, that that's Steve's personality, right? Well, yeah, so. he, hell, he because Steve, you know, obviously could get him X brand, but never said that. He just, yes, he's he's going for the <laughs> entertainment factor. So that was uh, just Randy, like him saying that uh, Dylan Ferrandis is unbeatable. Clearly, he doesn't believe that 100%, but that's Steve being Steve. Uh, JT calls him a shock jock. Uh, Daniel Blair says he's just desperate to ride the star Yamaha. Uh, but what do you think about uh, Steve on the Dylan Ferrandis unbeatable bandwagon at the moment? Uh, that that that's uh, again that that's Steve. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> that's him being him, and and you gotta love that. I, I love it. Obviously, anyone is anyone can be uh, beatable. I, I forget who it was who made the reference in there about. Uh, you know, Jeremy McGrath, I think it was JT said, Jeremy McGrath, the, the greatest supercross rider ever, and, and he got beat, yep. right? So yep. someone someone beat him. So, um, yeah, I think Dylan Ferrandez is beatable. Um, but he, but <laughs> he, he may be but invisible. He's definitely riding. Yeah, he, yeah. No, Eli's invisible. But, well. <laughs> uh, he's, but he's riding. He's he's. Uh, Dylan Ferrandez is riding well right now, but but sure, on a given night, he can be beat for sure. Yeah. Uh, and Cooksey, uh, another thing I want to touch on uh, – Marks gets the uh, gets award for his hard work, and he uh, he gets a Red Bull cooler that uh, Steve tries to take credit for, but apparently it actually came from the Moto Spy guys. Yeah, and Randy can keep his Red Bulls in there for his Red Bull and vodka when he's back there with uh, Jake and Coke. Yeah, that was pretty cool, though. I think you know Marks gets busted on a lot, but uh, many of the improvements of the Pulp Mix show in the last two or three years, including fantasy, all the video stuff. Uh, and, and the app, all those things that, you know, have improved the show are because of Mark's. Yeah, and he gives plenty back to Steve, too, especially as yes. he got the track and stuff. Like, he's not a pushover, that's for sure. Good to hear. Good to hear. I, Go ahead, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Travis, uh, he sits over there quietly quietly and uh and when he when he throws a verbal dart at steve it's a bullseye and 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 i like it um he sits over there and and uh and waits till the moment and uh and strikes when it's good and and i agree with you steve's had a great vision of of innovating and uh and and creating new things within the show and that uh marks has definitely complemented that well with his internet savvy and his creativity and what he his skill set has added to the overall platform for sure 100 percent all right, let's uh, touch on a couple of X-Brand tear-offs, a couple other things, and we're going to wrap this up. Um, there's a couple of things I really want to get to. One of the X-Brand tear-offs that was uh, aimed at Daniel Blair, they asked, uh, who asked the hard questions at the press conference? And, Cooksey, you got the uh, you got the nod for that, man, so congratulations on that. Thanks. I just asked what I want to know, and I, try, I do try not to piss the guys off, uh-huh. believe it or not. But I do ask what I want to know, and it, I'm not going to worry about their feelings if it's something that I think myself and everyone else in the room wants to know. I don't care. I, I, I mean, I don't want to be mad, but I don't also care for my friends. So right, right. get the job done. Yeah, to give will. you a press pass, what supposed to do. Absolutely. Uh, Randy, another question that Moser brought up, who can ride press day? And, of course, Steve's response is apparently anyone. <laughs> 
except for Bernard Kerr, Kerr or Clint Bernard, whatever you, whatever we want to call the guy. Clark Bernard. Yeah, Clark Bernard, uh, which rolls into the race tech rant about Hanny riding the press day. Um, I want to get your thoughts on Steve's opinion of press day because, or who can ride press, not press day, uh, because Jake and RV really don't care. JT really didn't seem to care. Whoever Feld says can ride, can ride. But Steve, man, this is one of those things that he gets on and he just won't let go. Yeah, I think, I think again, that uh, we, we all love him, but I think that, that speaks to uh, Steve's sometimes annoying personality. Right? He's just going on. <laughs> he's going on and on. You know, he's, he's like a media, uh, like a media uh, pit bull. He's latched onto that, and he's not letting go of it. Yeah. Um, I obviously, uh, you know, JT knows very well uh, Feld as with his with his involvement with WPS and Fly Racing and the sponsorship of the the Supercross series. So he knows very well what they can and can't do. And you know, I I see it to where uh, you know he's out there at the same time as you know, um, or having any rider that's out there at the same time as. Um, the the riders that are riding press day, that's kind of a judgment call of the promoter putting on the event. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is what it is. And, and Steve's, Steve's, uh, Steve's, uh, he, he just, you know, he, he's, he's blowing a horn and he's, he's rattling the cage. He's just, he's being Steve and that, that's who he is and how he is. So, well, let, cool. let me ask you this. You, you know, Steve better than I do and probably better than, uh, Cooksey does. Um, how much of this stuff does he truly, truly deep down care about? How much of it is for the show content? Hmm. So, <laughs> so we're in a, in a blame pie, uh, in a blame pie of what's yeah. to blame? How much he cares, or how yeah. much he's trying to create noise? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, it, I think honestly, I think it varies. You okay. know, I think I think Steve Steve is a very very. Um, uh, caring and compassionate guy who definitely cares about the sport. He cares about the overall betterment of the sport. I think he cares about privateers way more than the the average media outlet or the average promoter person or what have you. Okay, um, you know, he's putting together putting together the Yamaha Privateer Fund and everything like that. Um, he's he's giving back for sure. But I think at times, you know, it's if if he sees that. Uh, that something is in that, that JT's pushing back on, or Weege doesn't agree with, or whoever the co-host at the moment takes a different opinion. Uh, Steve's going to use a platform to create some noise, and and and, uh, and he's going to play that song loud, right? So yeah, um, I think I think it I think it varies. I can't. It, it's okay. not fifty-fifty, but uh, it's back and forth. Yeah. The United Nations didn't authorize him. <laughs> I don't think the United. I don't. I don't think the United Nations uh, authorized it. And that's. I, I. I was wishing I had been there in that moment because I would. I would. I would have went off on that. So right. I was going to tell him. No wonder you can't. No wonder he can't get his American citizenship if he thinks United Nations <laughs> is authorizing who can and can't ride press day. <laughs> right. All right. I, was, I was dying when I heard that. I was like, Did he say the United Nations? Yeah. <laughs> What you, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cooksey, the uh, the trivia contest between Jake Weimer and Daniel Blair went about like most of the trivia questions on Pulp Mexico. Little uh little unprepared, maybe not the most fair questions to each side. Uh pretty entertaining. Jake's response at the end about why if you just wanted to give it to Daniel Blair, why didn't you just do it and why'd you set me up was uh 
pretty uh, pretty epic as far as basically how Pookie, I think, feels every time there's a tits versus tits. But um, do you enjoy the segment? I did. And what made it so funny was there were such dumb questions and, and silly questions. But you can see two racers, two former racers, they got really competitive. And oh, like, yeah. They got pit. Yeah. He's like, wait, what? That's bull crap. Oh, no. And Steve's like, well, I called you to get the questions. You basically wrote the thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they wanted that Skos boom bottle. You seen those? Those are badass. Yeah. I like those. Well, hey, Daniel did say uh, yeah. Daniel did say he'd let Jake borrow it, but he didn't want to get pink eye. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was I thought that was funny, and I thought uh, one of the one of the funnier things was how uh, they kept referencing that they're going to have that that trivia uh, thing to to give away the Scotch boom bottle. And how Daniel kept saying, "Ah, just wait. Let, let him have one more drink. Yeah, wait, yeah. wait, wait, and let him wait. And let him have one more drink. Let him have one more drink." I thought that was awesome the way the way he he kind of uh, had that uh, strategy about it until he waited till uh, Jake's clutch started slipping a little, so to speak, and then he was ready to have the contest. And then the other thing I love, the other thing I love was um, how uh, how Jake uh, had the presence of mind to say, "Wait a minute." Okay, so you got kicked out of you got disqualified your first arena cross. Kicked you out got of school. kicked out of private school in the sixth grade. So heck yeah, if it's edgy, you did it. Yeah. So I thought that was good on Jake's part. Absolutely, yeah. Good good laughs. I, I do have to I do have to call out that arena cross. He didn't necessarily get disqualified. He, he didn't, didn't show up. To go back to the yeah, day. he didn't show up the next I I thought the same thing, but they they clearly didn't uh listen to main event moto, right? No. But, uh, okay, last couple things. Uh, Motorsport.com, tweet at Talon segment. A couple things that I thought were funny or interesting. Um, one of the questions, is Steve the most popular Canadian dirt bike rider? Um, clearly, you know, he wasn't like a top-level Canadian rider. But right now, if you ask a large percentage of people that are into moto now, Steve may be one of the more popular Canadian quote unquote riders ever. You know, I don't know. It kind of depends on how you look at it, but I think Steve may be better known than a, right now, currently than a rollerball or a dusty clad or, you know, a JSR Randy. I mean, am I far off on that? Or is, I mean, what do you think? Dusty clad clad yeah. is the shit. Uh, well, one, I had, I, I familiar with rollerball from back in those days and, and I had a chance to work with uh, JSR when he was on Blackfoot Honda through the years. So I know, uh, the fan base he has, <clears throat> I think that, that Steve is possibly one of, he possibly is the most popular Canadian motocross related personality. Okay. Um, but I think, I think that so many people would not be aware of the fact that he used to ride if he didn't talk about it every other show, right? <laughs> true, His four Manitoba titles and so on. So, um, so yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think I think he has a different level of uh, call it fame and notoriety. Um, but yeah, he's and he's not only it's not only is he well known in Canada. It's uh, all across the world when you listen to or when you notice how many uh, listeners there are from uh, Australia and and different parts across the world. Yeah. So, Okay, this one I want to get both your opinions on. Um, the question comes up, if Eli never wins a title, would you put him in front of or behind Jason Anderson, Cooper Webb, who have won a title all time? Um, and Steve was the only one that I, at least that I remember saying, that he would put him ahead, which, um, man, I, I don't know, I disagree. But Jake and uh, Daniel Blair, basically titles are all that matter. Um 
Jake was very adamant. The titles are all that matter. That's what we race for. Uh, and Dylan, Dylan, of course, on Twitter today said that was blasphemy because you know Eli. No matter what Eli does, he's he's the best. Uh, but I want to get your guys' opinion. Is Steve or Jake right, Cooksey? Now I was confused on that argument. Did, do we consider outdoors at all, or do we just pretend like that doesn't exist? Uh, the question did not uh, specify, so I guess you'd have to put them together. You put them together, he's absolutely out of them because he's got so many outdoor titles. But if you were to take motocross and separate it and just supercross, yeah, I'll put those guys ahead of him. I kind of feel like Steve took it a supercross, you know, specific um, because they never, they didn't bring up the three national titles. Uh, what do you think, Randy? Yeah, I think I think it, it depends on whether they're yeah. looking at uh, combi- combined of Supercross, Motocross, or just or just Supercross. I think I think you always have to kind of if it's if we're looking at just Supercross, and as JT said, we're, we're making this decision in a vacuum. Well, you know what? Um, I, I, I correct that because the question says if Eli never wins a title, so it has to be specific to Supercross because he's already won national titles. Yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So in, so in that case, yeah, I, I even though he's. He's, uh, I don't want to say he's a modern-day Damon Bradshaw, and he's won a bunch of races but didn't secure a title. Um, I think I think there's. Uh, it's easy to look up in the AMA record books. It's easy to look up uh, the list of Supercross champions mm-hmm. through the years, right? Um, they don't actively promote the the list of winningest riders. So I think uh, JA and uh, Cooper Webb get get the nod as far as accomplishments over Eli because he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't finished the season out and won a championship. Yeah, so I want to go back to you, Cooksey. So we're going super cross specific. Does that change your answer? Yes, because I didn't know the AMA listed anything. I get my information off Wikipedia. <laughs> Their Supercross page is far better. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, well, I, well, I've got Doris's phone number, so I can always just text her and get an answer. Yeah. From AMA, so. Well, I have well, to apologize. I think she Wikipedia to make sure she got it right. I have to apologize <laughs> to Dylan because I don't want him to block me or anything. But yeah, I'm. I'm. If if Eli does not win a championship, I've got to put Jason and Cooper ahead of him for Supercross specific purposes sorry dylan um okay last hey, should, I, should i talk about dylan for a sec? i, yeah. I like dylan dylan's awesome yeah Bring the passion i love it i agree he's wrong <laughs> yeah he's wrong a lot but i don't care I, he's wrong but i don't care keep coming don't worry about the haters Dylan. but i'm wrong a lot i guess you know when it comes to realistic stuff on certain things i'm passionate about but it doesn't matter because i care that's how i feel so you know yeah he loves eli and um you guys probably didn't watch the Moto X Pod show YouTube stuff. Sorry, Steve. Uh, but I interviewed Eli on press day and I, uh, I asked, I told Eli about Dylan ahead of time and how he said, you know, he spent the whole week ch- chiseling his face on the, on Mount Rushmore, which got a, a big laugh out of Eli. So Eli actually gave him a shout out on our YouTube channel. And, and just Dylan was like, you, you, he was like a little girl meeting the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> that's awesome i'll check that out that's moto x pods youtube yes yes it is thanks thanks for that but okay guys we're gonna wrap this thing up um i want to thank guts racing michelin bicycle tires and motorsport.com uh again if you guys have any questions that you want to submit or any topics uh any suggestions darkside at pulpmx.com if you have any questions for Pookie, we're going to get the Hello Pookie segment going again very soon. Hopefully in the next week, I'll record more of those. Send your questions again to darkside at pulpmex.com. 
Uh, Randy, Cooksey, anything before we go? Yeah, I just want to talk about, so I'm brought by Guts, right? You know, I have a gut yeah. seat. Okay. Those Velcro seats are badass, man. I really like them. I got the tall one, so... Yeah, I should have Good got the guys. Velcro ones because I got the uh, the old school staple on and I s- screwed it all up and had to send it back to Guts and Andy fixed it for me. Thank you, thank you for that, Andy. Well, you can you can you can. What I do is I put the Velcro on and then get it adjusted and then I'll throw a couple staples in if I really want. Man, that was way smarter than me. Good job, Cooksey. Randy, you got anything before we go? Yeah, definitely. Just want to uh, remind uh, all the listeners of the Pulpmex Wrap Up Show. Um, <laughs> Whether whether you're listening because you enjoy the content or you're listening simply to call in and leave a voicemail saying you hate the content, and if that's the case, just don't listen. Yeah. Just don't, just don't listen. It's that simple. It's that simple, people. Uh, life's pretty easy nowadays. If you, just, if, you, if you hate something, just don't listen to it. But anyway. I, think, I appreciate uh, that. <laughs> no, it's, it's simple. Hey, I mean, if they're not complaining, they're not listening, then I'm uh, okay yeah, with complainers. It, it, I'm okay. Exactly right. <laughs> Exactly right, and I'm, I'm glad. Another thing that Steve didn't do on this on this past show um, was he didn't play any voicemails, and that's probably because everyone called in and said they hated my voice. So uh, <laughs> love you too, love you guys too, love you guys too. Well, you know um, what? But no, but, I but saying- seriously, I do want to I do want to say that um, we still have going on uh, the 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 free tubes promotion through motorsport.com. Yes. dot uh, com. So you can go to uh, pulpmexshow.com, that website. Click on the sponsor deals, go to Motorsport, and then go to the Michelin Motorcycle Tires. And through the end of February, you buy a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and get a free set of tubes uh, to go with it. So a cool promotion that we were able to collectively work together on and, and give some people an opportunity to get some added value to purchasing the Michelin Starcross 5 tires. So I need to jump on that because I'm going to need another set for my 15 because I am getting back on a bike this weekend. Yeah, and, and hey... Hey, uh, Dark Side, just like that Works Connection uh, start device, you can't win a preset. That's so why I didn't ask. That's why I didn't ask. Yeah, <laughs> not asking. Hell, I, I bought hey, my Dark Michelin Side, bicycle tires. What are you talking about? Oh, I love it, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right. What you need to do, Dark Side, is at least pay attention and do not send the straight show. Yeah. Like, at least know where you're at. On the Hopefully, there'll be no singles. I'll be good if there's no singles out there. All right, guys. Get some GPS on there. You're right. Thanks, Cooksey. Thanks, Randy. Appreciate you guys. Uh, that's a wrap. We're out of here. Why would you want to talk, re-talk about the Pulp Show?